Canadian Dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your host on this Draft Day edition of the show. Kyle, Merry Christmas, my friend. I'm not going to make it. Just being completely transparent, I am not going to make it. There's too much. There's too much at stake, and there's too much happening, and there's too much drama and too much stress. And I just want to crawl in a hole and die. To be honest with you, I think I want this. I want to get off the ride. The uh, I think a good way to encapsulate Kyle right there and what you just said is we talked yesterday afternoon, and we said, you know what, we we record every morning eight a.m. And we both said, you know what, let's if we let's sleep in and we'll we'll touch base when we're both awake, ready to do the podcast. You were ready to do the podcast a half an hour before the regularly scheduled time. Yeah, I didn't sleep for shit last night. <laughs> and we've got a long well, night ahead of us, brother. What do you think I'm going to do when all of a sudden there's reports that Miami's thinking about trading up to three for a tackle, but they're not going to give up five to do it? So, and then I start here doing the mental gymnastics. I'm freaking out. I'm like, who the hell are they trying to go up and get? Why wouldn't you just trade to like 10 with the Browns or eight with the Cardinals? By the way, I would put, I would put strong money on those two teams trading out of those spots. Which two? Arizona eight. Yeah. And Cleveland at 10. And I had, I had both of those things happening in my mock draft. I'm pretty sure you did as well. My final mock. So, yeah, I'm just like galaxy brain nonstop. Just yeah, a constant influx of galaxy brain thoughts. The the one you sent me around 7 p.m. yesterday, where you, I mean, you you had you had five. I was ready for that happening. scenario. Yeah, <laughs> let's read that one. Go ahead. I don't think I could get yeah. through it. Okay, I gotta find it. So it's, it's in, buried in here in amongst the all these messages. From, it's uh, from Miami here. trades from 18 to three with 26 and 39. Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Dolphins take Andrew Thomas at three. Tristan Wirfs goes four to the Giants. Dolphins draft two at five. Herbert goes six to the Chargers. Derek Brown goes to the Panthers at seven. Atlanta trades up to eight for Akuda. Simmons falls to nine for Jacksonville. Ruggs goes at 10 with the Broncos trading up with the Browns. And then the Lions trade back up from 18 to 13 for C.J. Henderson, so they still get a press man core. <laughs> yep. We were there last night. <laughs> Joe's response, galaxy brain at its finest. Yep. <laughs> yep. You're not wrong. What did you say? Your, your preface, though, you sent me the DM before that was, I cracked the code. Yeah, I figured it out. I'm like, okay, what do you got, man? Oh, and boy. inevitably, none of that will be right. Yeah, but I mean, because Dolphins are going to go up from five to three with five, and Detroit's going to take Akuda, so that ruins the Atlanta trade unless Atlanta comes up for Henderson. Did you Simmons is a big chess piece that who the hell knows where he's going to go? It's a nightmare. Are you set on the terms of the romp him? Uh, I'm just going to wear it tonight. <laughs> like in general. Are we getting a reaction video from you with the down? Yeah, you'll get you'll okay. get something. I'll be wearing it for something. All right. Very Thinking good. about doing that like old parlor music. And I'm sitting there in my like chair with a pipe. And Do my you legs have a pipe? crossed. You have a pipe? No, but okay. I'll get one. 
for this video. <laughs> oh, hi there. I'll have a monocle on too. What's that? Oh, God. It's like the one eyeball. Oh, that's what that's called? It's like what the Monopoly guy has. That's called a monocle. I believe so. Am I misinformed? I certainly couldn't tell you. You couldn't, to save my life, I couldn't tell you what that is. Yeah, monocle. Monocle is a, that's not it. Yeah, it's what the Monopoly guy has. It's like the one eyeball eyeglass. So you got to get a pipe and a monocle. You don't have that sitting around your house, do you? No, but I do have a mustache right now, so. (laughs) Oh, hi there. I'll be sipping some, like, super expensive bourbon. My team just drafted so-and-so. So all of that with the romp him on. Yes. Yeah, this is what we need. But my legs are going to be crossed, so, like. You've seen where these things stop, right? You're going to get a whole lot of thigh. We always do, Kyle. Oh, good. 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 As long as you're ready. Should we talk about big boards? Yeah, I guess. I guess. That's something we should do. The imagery there was fascinating, but. I like to paint vivid pictures. (laughs) Like your scouting reports, right? Yes, that's correct. A lot of context. So what's go, go ahead and give it to me. What do you got for me? All right. We're talking defense today. We are. We did offense yesterday, so that seems like a logical progression yeah Yeah. so in your top 10 players there's two defensive players no three there's three there's four there's four okay so twice as many as you said there were solid so let's start with Derek brown number four prospect on kyle crab's big board a player that some sizzle has come with brown and what an eight two two three cone drill or whatever the hell he he put up at the combine uh, you're, you're, you hadn't pulled off and, uh, I guess between him and, and Javon Kinlaw, who most people think is DT two, you have relatively low at 36 overall, and he's not your DD two, Justin Matabuik is DT two. So I, I think the, those top three defensive tackles is something I'm interested in hearing from you about. Yeah. So I love Derek Brown's tape. I don't know how you don't love Derek Brown's tape. I understand the concern of he's not going to be a big sack guy, right? But I want to ask you a genuine question. Okay? Like, I'm I'm addressing you right now, Joe. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Yeah. How good of a season do a lot of these twitched gap penetration into your defensive linemen have typically in their first season. Oh, bad. You know, I did work on this. I went through Do all you the expect guys. that from Derek Brown. In his rookie year. Yeah. Like your answer should tackles be no. And three you, sacks. Your, an- your answer should be, I don't expect a bad first year from Derek Brown. I don't. Right. So that's like, he is a, for me, what you see is what you get. And what you get is like really high quality interior defensive line play in a slew of responsibilities. Can you, you do this to me all the time. You yeah. Check your, your Slack DMS and the play oh. that I just sent you. Have you seen this play? This is from 2018. Derek Brown. Derek Brown. Have you seen this play? Uh, is it, does he long arm him? Nope. <laughs> 
This is my favorite play. Yo! <laughs> he literally jumped over the back. Brother, I didn't see this. I was uh, looking for some Derek Brown clips. Um, no, somebody had sent this to me. Somebody sent Shout this out to, to Connor Rogers. Connor Rogers put this out 2018, October 4th. <laughs> and I quote tweeted a couple weeks ago. I was like, how have I not seen this play? That's amazing. This is like John Allen good. You remember that play he yeah. had where he was Superman and like the clowny oh, play against, that against Mississippi State? Yes. This is up there. This is up there with those plays and nobody talks about it. This man's 330 pounds. Yeah. And he literally literally leapfrogs over top of a cutting back. Who, by the way, what kind of cut is this too? And not great. But you I mean, just fold, he folded like a lawn, a lawn chair. Right. It was, said, it was no, probably, it looked a lot like Ben Solak trying to bat, to, to cut block Derek Brown, maybe a little better. Uh, but yeah, he kills this guard, right? And then <laughs> gets even with the quarterback and just dives over this cut block. I mean, one of the most athletic plays you've ever seen. You told me this guy ran an eight, two, two and a three cone. Come on. And he didn't though. Right. You watch his pro day or right. his, his private three cone and it is exponentially better. Yeah. I had it in the mid sevens. Um, let me see if I can find one for you real quick. You can tell we're super focused today. Yeah. Wow. It's this freaking holiday here, man. We're 10 minutes in. We've talked one prospect. <laughs> oh boy. We're, we're both already sleep deprived. It's going to be fun. All right. Here you go. Here you go. Yep, here you go. Yep, yep. It's against Georgia, by the way. Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, it's coming. Georgia Bowdows. All right. Here it is. Grinding the tape. Here we go. With the all twenty-two back end look shouts. Wait, see that's the flexibility right there, brother. You don't right. You don't twist. I don't. Like I that. don't care what he ran. Yeah, I don't care what he ran yeah, at all. That's that's insane. His entire momentum is going one direction, and he slings back across through a player and impacts this running back that is is cutting right. Is that cutting Swift? Off, yeah, cut, cutting uh, off of that block. I don't know, seven. Is DeAndre Swift seven? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a little bit too deep of a press for Swift, but my goodness, that's a hell of an athletic play by Derek so Brown. So that does that answer your questions on why I'm not off Derek Brown? Absolutely. Okay. Not that I ha- I just wanted you to talk about it because it's such I a do, yeah. I do think it's worth pointing out though that you know he's gonna be a much better run defender than he is a pass rusher, but he has pass rush upside. And he's got pass rush productivity on his tape. And I don't think he's one of these first step twitch guys that's going to get in the league and get like shell shocked by what's going on around him. Like a lot of young penetration style interior defensive linemen do. I think he's plug and play. I think he's a pro bowl caliber interior defensive lineman for the next 10 years. What do you want? Why is that not? Why is that not a top five player? I don't know. It's what's been weird. I think a little bit with some of the discussions around Brown, but not not necessarily specific to him has been, I've never seen this before. Positional value coming up with defensive tackles. I mean, it's a little bit weird how free agency went this year with some of the, I think good players that, you know, signed like one year, $3 million deals. Do you feel like there's a shift there? It's, it's weird to me. I feel like we're, we're constantly chasing new storylines. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's it for me. And I know that we've also kind of seen like some push as far as like pass rush doesn't matter. 
now. Like yeah. coverage is more important than pass rush. Yeah. And I don't have the stats or data to argue one way or another, but that bucks like how many years of a narrative, right? So I think it is, and this is one of the reasons why we're entering into a really golden age of like being a football guy is you have all this new data at your disposal that you can choose to use however you want. And you got a lot of really smart people in the space that are creating new ways to look at some of these team building and roster building dynamics. But like for me, before that was ever posed to me, I think it was, was it pro football focus that said you should take Jeff Akuda before you take Chase Young? Yeah. Cause they believe cornerbacks is over pass rush. Right. And that to me was insane to suggest, but they've had their their chance to course through their data, and that's something I look forward to investigating more this summer. But I think we're constantly seeing people looking and investigating for new new narratives to question the status quo, if that makes sense. Kyle, I'm very anxious to hear you talk about Kinlaw and Matabuik, but first, if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've been only ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They also make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on Apple or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within an hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. (laughs) I can't wait for this video, man. Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. Um... Here's the thing, Javon Kinlaw, I know there's some medical questions that are beneath the surface level, right? I expect he'll probably be a top 20 pick. Uh, Kinlaw, for me, is just a little bit more raw. Like he's, he's one of these guys who didn't put multiple years of the dominant play that we saw for stretches of 2019 on tape. Do you think that's a fair statement to make? 100%, yeah. I don't think he's really super polished i don't think he his play diagnosis skills is something that's super high end as far as processing blocks he just for lack of better phrasing wreck shit in the middle is that like that's if you wanted to sum up javon kinlaw you would say he blows everything up in the middle in the a gaps yeah when he's dialed in so that for me is why he's a little bit lower in that i don't I can see a pathway for him struggling to transition a little bit more to the pro level when your entire game is predicated on railroading 290-pound college centers. 
But like the quickness is there and the athleticism's there. And he did a great job like rebuilding his body this past year. But I don't think he's super fluid. I don't think his redirection skills to to string along runs is particularly strong. He's it's gotta he's gotta close that distance quickly to get into the face of backs coming out of the mesh point or closing on quarterbacks, where if he's late getting through the gap and he's gotta redirect. I just didn't see a lot of really attractive skills. It's going to make me think he's going to be able to get outside the tackles and string out runs. Touche. And then uh, Matt Abweek is DT too. Yeah, good penetration upside here. Really love his pass rush skill set. Wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of a lag here getting him going. But the lateral quickness, the first step quickness, his lower body base is really, really strong. Like him a lot. And that's all I'm going to say because we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. So tell me about these 20 corners you have in the top 100. <laughs> you you legitimately have 17 in your top 105. I like these corners, man. Yeah, uh, clearly. Yeah. Tell me more about them. Well, let's start one at a time. No. <laughs> <laughs> How much time you got? You want to go till eight o'clock when the draft starts? Uh, you know, I do. I think, I think there is a, um, an emphasis on cornerbacks in the NFL. And I think they're important. And I feel like I found a lot of guys that I could peg and and believe that they can fill meaningful roles, whether that's as a slot. So you see players like, you know, inside my, my top 100 uh, or close to it, like, you know, Josiah Scott right there at 104, Troy pride, 103, John Reed, 117, Reggie Robbins or uh, Amik Robertson, 87 guys that I think are true slots uh, are, are in that range. Darnay Holmes as well at 98. Um, then I kind of have like your scheme specific starters is zone type guys that I think can be a starter within a year or two. And I think there's plenty of good man guys. I just feel like it's a good corner class and guys that I think can fill meaningful roles. Now I don't think it's 2017 corner class. I, I don't think it's that, but there's a lot of guys here that I think are going to fill meaningful roles and, and I, I believe in it. And, um, you know, if I think you can fill a role in an important one, I'm going to have you as a top 100 player. How disrespected should a corner feel if they're not in the top 150 this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's funny because you see the you see the the tipping point for my corners, 133 and then 161. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you you drew a pretty good line there. I I low key wish Javaris Davis's corner from Auburn. I have at 161 on my board. I wish I had him in my top 125 as I as I kind of uh, reflect back on my board. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, how I have 20, if I would include Javaris Davis in my top 125, or, you know, I'd have, I'd have 20 in the top 150. So it's, um, I do think there's a drop off. There's some guys I like late, uh, Madre Harper from Southern Illinois. I think he's really talented. He just hasn't played in or you like him as the slot, right? No. You think he play outside? I think he's developmental guy, but Uh, what happened in 19? He's a different player in 18. Well, Small school kid, and he played Minnesota and LSU. I think Demarcus Acey is another, you know, mid day three guy that I like out of Missouri that I think has a chance to be a meaningful zone corner. So yeah, I mean, dude, I just I don't know. I like these corners. I I'm trying to open up my mind to corners more and more, not like nitpick details in the past that bothered me too much or things that I overvalued and see like how do they impact pass defense? And and I found a lot of guys that I thought could could do that. What do you got for him? What do I got for you? Yeah, come on. Talking about the board. One of my favorite discussions, I feel like I get this question a ton, especially on Lockdown Bills. 
you know, everyone says, all right, what, what pass rusher, what edge rusher can we get, you know, third, fourth round that is, you know, going to be a steal. And I always come back and say, look, if you want those guys, you take them early, right? They don't, they don't fall. Those guys are really good. But then at the same time, you know, there's, there's guys that pop, you know, Matt Judon, Max Crosby had a good year last year. Uh, Chase Winovich somehow fell to like 75. How the hell that happened? Nobody knows. But I feel like there are some cases here and here and again that could be that mid-round steal. So if you had to look at your board and pick out a guy you have in the third, fourth, fifth round that you think can really develop into something meaningful, who's the guy that pops for you? It's a loaded question. Right. But you're a little bit lower on like Josh Uche, um, whatever it is, Josh Uche. People get fired up about the way I pronounce his name. Daryl Taylor is a player you're you're pretty down on. What's his pass rush upside? Shaq Lawson, you, you're about to find out this year with the Dolphins. And that's his upside. Yeah. Mm. I love John Garvin. That's my mid-round guy. I'd call out Garvin. I'd call out Alex Highsmith. Yeah, and the right, Ted, right if role. He, if he falls out of the top 100. And I'd also call out um, Khalid Kareem base from Notre Dame. A base or a five-tech? Base. Base 4-3. Yeah. He's Shaq Lawson. <sighs> Shaq's got some more juice than Khalid Kareem, right? Mm. I hope so. Let me let my producer pull it up. Don't want to misquote myself here. Okay. While you're doing that, uh, you mentioned Alex Highsmith, who I think is going to be a player that that has a good career. Um, he's to me, if you can get like the Kyle Van Noy type role, you might be able to get that out of Highsmith. A little bit lighter. I I just worry about him end up ending up being Derek Rivers. Really, I think that's my worry. Do you think Highsmith has more stand up ability though than Rivers? I do. I think he was played there a lot more. Yeah. Um, but as far as how they win as a pass rusher, I see a lot of similarities. So you know Shaq Lawson has sub thirty three inch arms. I did not know that. Yeah, they're not those what, thirty two and what? Thirty two and three quarter. Yeah. Doesn't I mean it's yeah, he doesn't check the box. I I never thought length was a problem for Shaq Lawson. Khalid Cream's got uh thirty four and a half. No yeah. big deal. So I thought he could be a five tech. He plays a good extension. That's He's know. got some interesting comps. What are they? Uh, Adam Gotsis. Okay. Alex Carrington. Yeah. Rex Ryan loved uh, him. Zach Allen. Okay. Cameron Jordan. Okay. And Leonard and Leonard Williams. There's names there. We got names. Yeah, something to work with here. Now here's the, he didn't. We don't know for sure what his athletic testing is. But I think he. What do you think he runs like five flat? Khalid? Yeah. Yeah, it's four nine to four nine something. Four eight five on his best day. So I don't know. I think he's as a early down defender, that would be the guy I'd call out. If you want a developmental pass rush guy, give me Alex Heisman. Dude, what's what is and up Derek with John? and and Derek Tuska. Really? North Dakota like, State. Ugh. Okay. Dude, he ran like six seven in the three cone. Like I'll bet on that guy at two fifty all day. What's what role are you playing him in? A base or a, a four three defensive end. Really? Put his hand in the dirt, rush him off the edge. Okay. 
He went six eight. What am I missing on John Garvin? What am I missing? Anything? I just think he's raw. I think he's super raw. He's young though. He's not even like twenty one till July. Right. Dude, his his top pass rush moments are as good as anyone. You see his his top comps? No, tell me them. I don't. This might not be good because I'm gonna like Erasmus James. Oh come on, yeah. He's good. Chris Kelsey. Okay. Bradley Chubb. Okay. Aaron Maben. No. What? Which one of these is not like the others? Aaron Maben? Craig Hardy. Craig Hardy. Okay. Maben came into the combine 249. So that's that's where that came from. Yeah, we all know he's about 225 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) You know who actually is not a bad comp for him? Garvin? Yeah. Who do you, I'm guessing the one you have. No, it's I didn't have this one down, but I'm just looking at it. I did that seven degrees of separation on my graftable again. I okay. got one I like. All right. Uh, Guachem. Obam Guachem. The Oregon State kid from yeah. a few years back. Yeah. Well. He was a little leaner than Garvin is. Garvin, Garvin's stacked. Right. So He's I'm built saying. so well. 34-inch arms. Like, his explosive numbers were good. His broad, his vert. Let me ask you about this safety class, Joe. Yeah. Far and away, I know the 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 separation on the big board is not big, but you've only given one first round grade out this year. Yeah. And then you got a nice little stack of guys that are all top fifty for you. Mm-hmm. And then we get another little stack here between seventy and one hundred. So when is the sweet spot, in your opinion, in this year's draft to actually draft a safety? I think 30 to 50. You know? Um, Be interesting to see how they actually go. The NFL has been really unpredictable with safeties, but I think if you're in that middle to early second round, you're looking at players like Grant Dalpit from LSU, Antoine Winfield, Minnesota. Uh, if you want to take a roll of the dice on a Jeremy Chin or Kyle Duggar, those guys are going to be there for you. And, um, you know, I think if you come away with one of them, even, of course, Ashton Davis, who I mocked in the first round, you know, if you're looking for a one high that has ball skills, play over top of good man corners, you're going to want to have Ashton Davis. So I think there's a nice pocket there. And and I feel like I've done a good job with safeties. Like, I think, you know, Justin Reed was a player at a first round grade on. Je- uh, Jesse Bates was a top 32 player on my board. I know you were high on, on those guys as well, but like, I feel like I got good vibes when I watched them and said, you know, this, they can fill a specific role and start and, and matter. And, and uh, I think, you know, I think more and more we're seeing safeties become uh, key pieces of defenses. It's not something that's been valued in the past quite as much, but look at these, look at these good defense, look at these safety pairings across the league. I mean, I did a, a Twitter, a tweet about who the top four were and like, there was like, four more of that of outstanding duos. I mean, I think there's right. like, and you got people triggered. You left them off. And it's like, well, what do you right. want me to do? Like, right. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> have the jets spots. I didn't have the jets or Ravens on there, you know? And it's like, all right. Yeah. I mean, this is, and the Titans, there's just good safeties all across the, the league. And, and I mean, you could just see these guys filling those roles, man. You did a twitty. Is that what you said? I don't know, man. Do you know what I say half the time? No. Do you? No. None of the time.
I guess I have to ask you a question now. You do. We haven't no, well, we haven't touched on linebackers, right? That'd be the last thing we haven't really gotten this class into. Class is not good. Well, I mean, we say that. Um, I mean, how many in the top fifty are going to go four? Probably, right? Yeah, but guys that shouldn't. We're sitting here. We're sitting here talking about Jordan Brooks as a potential first round player, which right. to me is a little aggressive. Sure. I mean, you got Simmons. If you classify him as a linebacker, I know some people want to play him at safety still, and I'm not going to argue with you, right? Like he can do so much. Queen Murray. That's it for me. As far as like top guys, I'd feel comfortable with top fifty. Three of them, huh? I think that's probably unless true with me. Gonna, unless you're going to turn around and, and put Zach Bond in that group. Yeah, you may have to. Um, yeah, I have three in the top 28 and then four in the top 53. Then my next one's 83. So we yeah, see this. My, my LB4 is 53, and it's a guy that seems pretty low in this process and Troy die, but. I'm willing to buy in on his traits that somebody's going to put him on the field and he's just too tradesy and he's going to make too many plays, even though he's going to miss some plays. He's yeah. going to make too many plays to, to not be a, a starter in my opinion. Two, two names, uh, Justin Stranod from Wake Forest, Marcus Bailey. Yes. Purdue. Yeah. Um, too unfortunate. Those guys are, are hurt right now because mm-hmm. um, I feel like maybe they, they could sneak into day two if they were healthy. Yeah, it's hard to tell what Sternot's athletic profile is because he he tested at the combine and it was like he missed the entire season. Yeah, after like the first three games or something like that. But his first game of the year against Utah State, he was all over the field. Yeah, uh, really like David Woodward's tape. Yeah, he's I hurt think too. I'm the highest in the draft space on him, but I mean he is laundry or a, his his injury profile looks like a CVS receipt. <laughs> Yeah, it's bad. So, um, I do like names like Logan Wilson. Yeah. Akeem Davis Gaither. I'm super anxious about Willie Gay's projection. He's an elite athlete. Mm -hmm. But where you're probably going to see him get drafted, which is I would bet sometime in the second round, I would be terrified to draft him that high. Um, Logan Wilson's another name I like, just not super standout athlete. The, the Davion Taylor buzz is just crazy, right? The Colorado kid basically played slot yeah. corner for him. Right. Well, he's going to go top 100 apparently. Well, he runs four, four and you know, likes to hit. I, I mean, from a mental processing perspective, I mean, probably one of the five most raw players in the class. Oh God, Joe. <laughs> Was that a wrong take, Kyle? No. Rappaport tweet coming in. Oh, no. Lions have been engaged with multiple teams on potentially trading out of the number three spot. Things are heating up. Well, when there's four players that you're satisfied with pick number three and you feel like you got Dolphins right where you want them, you may want to see if you can get a little bit more to move back further, right? Right. Is it 8 o'clock yet? No. No. We got twelve. We got ten. Oh, nine hours. What are you gonna do to kill the time, man? Sit there, refresh Twitter, try to take a nap. You got to go get a monocle. I'm gonna sleep. Yeah, you're not sleeping. Wake me up at nine. 
when Miami's on the clock. Nine. When Miami's on the clock. (laughs) For the second time? Yeah, for the second time. (laughs) Well, it'll be fun to talk about this tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to is this this is straight chaos. So this is an NFL draft unlike any that I can remember in my seven years of covering it for work. And I know I speak for you as well, Joe, that this is the most wonderful time of the year. So we thank you guys uh, for – no, don't set me off now. Uh, we thank you guys for tuning in to us all throughout the winter, the fall, even in the summertime, we have a lot of great stuff ahead of us. But for now, we bid you adieu. We thank you for your listenership, and we look forward uh, to breaking down all of what happens tonight with you all tomorrow on Friday's episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. <laughs>